1: Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back, Behind the Velvet Rope. Let's just get right into it today, because we are joined by the one, the only, Miss Zuzana Shutkowski.
0: Yes, (laughs) you pronounced my name correctly. Thank you for that.
1: (laughs) I did, because I was just going to ask you, (laughs) did I really do that correct, or not 100%?
0: No, you did well. It's like, on paper, it has so many Zs, that's what throws everybody off, but you know but you nailed
1: it. <laughs> well, that's, well. then we're off to a good start. You know, and yes, let's just put it out there. You have a lot of things we're going to talk about. You know, I hate, this is just what we do in the media, don't we? We always relegate people to one thing or one role. We have a lot to talk about, but let's just face it. Most people know you as fan favorite, the iconic <laughs> Miss Dorota from really one of the best shows that's ever existed, Gossip Girl. Well, thank you.
0: I like it too. I think it's one of the best shows too. So.
1: That is like why that distinction. That is what we are going to talk about. Now, where are you in the world? Are you in New York too? Yes, I'm in I live in Brooklyn
0: and that's where I am right now. I'm at home in Brooklyn. So, I've actually lived here for a
1: long time, like over 20 years, so. <laughs> so you so you were in New York even like before Gossip Girl. You didn't move here to shoot that or anything?
0: No, I, I grew up in Indiana. I'm actually, I was born in Poland, like Dorota, <laughs> but then I came in, to the U.S. when I was a little kid, and I grew up in Indiana, but I came to New York to go to college, so I lived here a long time, so I feel like I'm officially a New Yorker now. I think, I don't know what, how that's defined, but I feel like one.
1: I think 20 years, that's official. You're <laughs> official. Do you love, how's Brooklyn? I mean, I live in Chelsea, not that far away, but these days, like worlds away, I haven't been outside of my little area in so long.
0: Right. I know. It's like, actually I have a lot of uh, my besties live in Chelsea. So that's the one place I've ventured out for, you know, walks. So I've been in your hood. Um, uh, Brooklyn is like, been my home for most of the time I've lived here, and I really love my neighborhood, because I'm kind of right by the entrance of the Brooklyn Bridge, and then Brooklyn Heights, so cute, with all the little brownstones, and little, you know, views of New York, and so it's such a picturesque neighborhood, and I've, like, really, it's very homey, and has a lot of personality, so I could never imagine living anywhere else.
1: I can never (laughs) imagine living anywhere else, other than, I've only lived in the West Village or Chelsea my whole adult life, so I don't really want to leave. Yeah. Those are some great neighborhoods to live in too.
0: So it's like you have the magic. Why would you leave?
1: (laughs) Well, I also think like if we're still here during COVID we're, we're not leaving because.
0: Right. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, quiet, like it has that feeling, um, you know, when there's like a holiday and everybody leaves and goes to the Hamptons or whatever they do, like, (laughs) and you get left alone here. It has that kind of fun snow day feeling. So the, the sort of slightly emptier New York feeling is a little bit, um, you know, has, has its pros, certainly.
1: It's nice a little bit. And yeah, so I knew you went to Columbia, so I don't know why I'm asking when you first got here. But yes, you went to Columbia, you have a BA in Columbia, and then you went to Harvard for your MFA. So you're obviously not an unintelligent woman.
0: <laughs> well, I tried. I actually went to Barnard, so that is, it is officially Columbia, but it's... um. Has a little more flair because, you know, women's college up there. So I came to the city and I went to Barnard and I had this like wild experience with all these gals living in New York and then um, took a couple of years off and then went to grad school. And I mean, for grad school, I went for acting. So I did go to Harvard, but I was in acting school. So it wasn't smart Harvard, (laughs) like a smart Harvard. They write, they read and write. We just like rolled around on the ground and pretended to be animals. So
1: well but it still counts (laughs) I was gonna say honey I don't think Harvard I mean I went to law school I have a whole past corporate career I'm not an idiot but I don't think Harvard would have opened their doors to me so it ain't so bad (laughs) there are worse places to go did you know that was it always acting for you like growing up like did you always know you wanted to be an actress
0: yeah when I was a kid in Indiana I did a lot of like community theater stuff and I feel like you know, that scene is kind of comical in some ways, but it's really full of like passionate people who are like, you know, can't live and breathe theater. So I learned that love for theater even, uh, you know, back in Fort Wayne. And so by the time I went to school, I was like, this is the only thing I really, really like, uh, you know, get into. And so I basically had that seed planted and that dream planted when I was a kid. So yeah, it's always been my thing. I mean, I do a little writing also, but um, there is really no other field in which I have any gift or talent. So this, this is it. I'm in for the long haul, no matter what.
1: Well, that's nothing wrong with that. And your debut was in Law & Order Criminal Intent.
0: <laughs> I think so. You know, when I went to um, grad school, I was mostly studying theater, and I always thought I would be in the theater. And then when I graduated and, you know, had an agent and started working, I started auditioning for TV stuff, and I realized, oh, there's a lot of, like, you know, Eastern European... Um, you know housekeepers and babysitters and all these roles that I would go out for and all these law and orders and so I I was in law and order I think three times uh in the different I think they were all criminal intent actually and each one of them I had a Polish or Ukrainian accent so like I was already forging my path toward Dorota but yeah I got one of those TV jobs out of school and it was so exciting and I was like oh it's TV and then Somehow I ended up getting more jobs like that, which is great. And I, mean, I still do theater, but, you know, that was, like, a fun surprise for me.
1: Is that kind of, like, a rite of passage, like, in New York? Like, were all your colleagues, like, everyone's on SVU or Criminal Intent or something, right?
0: Right. Law and Order used to be the one, because, like, when I started, it was, there was the original Criminal Intent and SVU all filming at the same time. So that used to be the rite of passage. I feel like now SVU is still here, but it's a little bit less like that and so I feel like now we have like new Amsterdam that's like a new rite of passage I think <laughs> these right. kind of hospital shows that whatever uh uh you know um uh procedural shows shooting in New York City that's where you go you know
1: did you ever were you ever faced with a job like okay here's a job but it's in LA or n- no offense to LA but like you must be you know it must be nice when you can just stay home in your backyard
0: I love LA actually I have this like kind of Secret love affair with LA. And I would love to have a job that would take me there, but I so far have not had one. I mean, I've done I did a short film in LA once. It was really fun. But um happens to be that all the jobs I booked happen to be New York based. So, you know, nothing wrong with that.
1: So just out of coincidence. I love LA too. I would love to split my time between New York and LA. I think that is the ultimate dream. That's just right, it's just
0: fantasy life.
1: <laughs> kind of, yeah. And what about, you were in The Sopranos, too?
0: Yeah, so The Sopranos was um, was kind of for, it was like a recurring character because I was in three episodes. But The Sopranos thing is funny because I played a Polish housekeeper and I wore exactly the same outfit as I wore later as Dorota. And it was on the same soundstage. So uh, Sopranos used to shoot at Silver Cup Studios in Queens. And then Gossip Girl took that, at, you know, i think there was like sex and the city in between but um gossip girl took that that space so i was basically practicing for Droda because i had the same accent and same outfit <laughs> but it was cool because i love that show so it was the first time i ever worked on a tv show you know that i was a fan of and so i'm not that i wasn't a fan of law and order but but sopranos i was like so into so i got to be in a scene um I was in the final season and I got to be in a scene with like all of the mobsters they were all over at Tony and Carmela's and I was like serving tea and so I was so star struck and it was like blowing my mind because I was like in the room with all of them and they were all so sweet to me and they were like you know crazy characters so also Edie Falco was like my hero and I got to you know stand next to her for like five hours so that was cool
1: do you have any like fun, like Edie Falco or like James Gandolfini or any, like any fun stories from the set or just like well, shocking it's, things?
0: It's not really shocking or that fun, but the, at the time there was like, um I, I want to say golden globes had just were coming up or something. And so the, they were going, they were like nominated and they were going so most of the principal cast. So it was funny because they were all sitting around in between takes and they were talking about like what, they were going to wear and what you know about the parties that they were going to go to but they all are so similar though those dudes all sounded like their mob equivalents so it was kind of like sitting around with a bunch of mobsters but they were talking about like limos and catering and you know uh uh suits and um getting alterations so it was kind of funny because it was like these two worlds colliding um, Steve Van Zandt was really nice to me. He was my favorite. <laughs> they were they were all really sweet. Actually, uh, James Gandolfini's son was on set the day, one of the days that I shot, and um, he's so cute. And so that was nice to see him. Like, he was such a sweet, you know, little daddy bear to his son. Um, but I was really, you know, so intimidated. So I was just like a fly on the wall, but they were all very nice to me.
1: <laughs> that must be like a good perk of the job. They're like when you're a fan of something and then like, you're like, oh, wow, I have a role yeah. here. Did you know that 30 million women are impacted by weakened or thinning hair? If you're among them, no, you're not alone. And there's a solution you can trust to deliver results. Nutrafol. Nutrafol offers two targeted formulas for women that are clinically shown to improve hair growth. And thickness with less shredding through all stages of life. Healthier hair growth, of course, takes time. You'll begin to experience thicker, stronger, faster growing hair in around three to six months. Listen, it actually really works. I'm not going to mention any names, but a family member of one of the R-H-O-N-J, Real Housewives of New Jersey, I know has been on this for around two years, and I saw a huge difference in her hair growth. Listen, you can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show, Behind the Velvet Rope, by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code VELVET to save $15 off your first month subscription. This is their best offer Anywhere, and it's only available to US customers for a limited time. Plus, free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutriful.com, and that's spelled N U T R A F O L. Nutriful.com, and the promo code is VELVET. Enter that, and you get $15 off. When you subscribe, you'll receive automatic monthly deliveries so you never miss a dose. What are you waiting for? com promo code velvet. Start restoring your hair and your confidence today.
0: Right, and I got to walk through all the sets. I got to go into the restaurant, the Vesuvius, whatever restaurant, and I got to go into, you know, all the uh my favorite locales. I felt like I was um yeah, on a special fan tour.
1: <laughs> I love it. How do you feel about the ending of The Sopranos?
0: I actually really liked it. I thought it was—I uh, mean, of course, someone that we was we were anticipating, and it, it was like, "What?" But now that I think about it, I think it was kind of genius. And like, uh, I've, we've rewatched it since my boyfriend and I have gone through and watched the whole thing, and it's like really um, stands up. I feel like when you're, you know, kind of this awesome, like, hanging ending thing.
1: Totally, I feel like so many people like criticize the end of shows, and like, look, it's hard to end a show. You know, right? It's, it's got to be hard as a showrunner to end a show. Oh yeah. When you were getting all these parts like Criminal Intent and The Sopranos and you were playing all of these middle, you know, like Polish, Middle Eastern, European maids and whatnot, like were you ever like, oh, I'm being typecast. I don't want this. Or were you just like, bring it on. I'm thrilled to have the work. (laughs) No, you know,
0: I've, I've always embraced my, um, niche because I, I feel like it has afforded me an in into an industry that's really hard to get into. So, you know, uh, I could debate the merits of typecasting all day long. And then I do definitely see the holes in that system. But uh, at the same time, I'm not going to complain about the, you know, Polish housekeeper role that I've gotten because they are, um, you know, they allowed me to build a career. And the thing is that I, I feel like, at least for me, like roles, for example, Dorota, I think is one that you know even though it's this kind of cliche or this this um niche thing that I'm getting stuck into because of uh, you know whatever external factors it's like once i'm inside of it you know it was it was great to like flesh out that character and she had such great heart and like i was able to like build this really um beautiful character that i think was really well written and like had all, you know all the nuance of any other kind of character so I feel like you can make the most out of those roles and embrace them which is what I always tried to do I mean sure it's like for me it's such a surprise when I get to play something different it is really a fun because I'm like oh there's a whole other world but this business is so so ugly and so hard hard to thrive in that I just feel like I just you know hashtag gratitude about every single chance I get so
1: Totally. So, (laughs) 2007, let's talk about it. How did Gossip Girl come about for you? Like, did you, someone, your agent call you? Like, how did this come about?
0: Well, actually, I, um, yeah, I got an audition for it. This was after The Sopranos. So, the audition breakdown said they wanted a Polish housekeeper 65 or older. um and my agent called they were like well they know you're very far from 65 but you did polish housekeeper already so you want to go in and i was like yeah and so i went and auditioned for this role that was intended to be an older character um but the truth is like when i, when I signed in on the sign up sheet i could see that i was the only person with a polish name and so i was like okay i feel like i have a little leg up here because i'm really polish and so then the, the audition when I tried out for that part, there were no lines because Gerota didn't really say anything for a few episodes. And so it was a possibly recurring role with no lines. <laughs> and so when I went in, I had to go to the, um, when I went to the callback, they had me improvise. So they were like, just improvise like you're serving breakfast to rich kids. And so I decided that because I was a, a legit pole that I would go ahead and uh, kind of mumble to myself in Polish. So I was taking advantage of my my, you know, Polishness um, and I feel like maybe that's why I got it because I was able to sort of speak Polish and be silly and I so I got that part and I didn't know that it was like a that big of a deal or anything because you know like I said I had no lines I did know that that show was slated to be popular because you know the books that it was based on were so popular so people had like buzz on it so I was like okay well this is cool and I mean any job is a job that's great and so I um you know i got it and i thought well we'll see and then when i started working it wasn't i think we filmed half the season first season before we ever aired an episode so nobody knew if it was going to be a, popular in any way so those first few episodes were kind of in a vacuum and then once the show started airing and then people were into it it was kind of exciting to see it take off you know from the inside but i always felt like a little bit of a outsider because it took a long time for Dorota to sort of develop a personality and a um you know, in a, a presence in the storyline. So the first season I was just kind of, I, I had that very familiar fly on the wall feeling <laughs> for a long time.
1: Totally. Did you, so the part didn't require that someone speak Polish, like that wasn't part of it. Cause that kind of recurring may not even speak at all. Like you just happened to speak Polish and mumble to yourself. during. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so I feel like the fact that I kind of showed myself as I, I am actually Polish. So you had like, you hire me, you have that in the bag whatever. So uh, yeah, I got it for whatever reason. And then, um, right. So it's like over time, the, you know, I got a little bit of dialogue here and there and it kind of grew. And I think what was so fun about it was because I had had all the theater training and, you know, I was at the school that there are no small parts, <laughs> you know? So I had a, when I was working like in the scenes and stuff, I was, having all this fun playing Dorota, even when she didn't have much to do, because I feel like the relationship between Dorota and Blair was really set up and very juicy, because this idea that this girl who has everything, but she doesn't really have the presence of of her parents, and so the idea that she has this housekeeper, like, who's there for her, um, I feel like it was actually very uh, fertile ground for, you know, all the acting stuff you want to do, so I was I felt very fully engaged even. Uh, and then over time that role started to grow and I had more and more to do, which was really exciting for me.
1: And even when like Dorota was a fly on the wall, like that was kind of how she was becoming a fan favorite. Like her just in, being in the corner and just <laughs> observing the insanity that was going on in Blair's life was just like right away kind of evident.
0: Right. I actually think of like, yeah, I feel like Dorota kind of was a, like a bit of a moral center for this show. So you had, And also, because she was a caretaker slash cheerleader slash, you know, um, sort of maternal figure for Blair, I feel like, you know, everyone who was on team Blair was sort of automatically on team Dorota, too, because Dorota was her, like, you know, watchdog or whatever. So it made sense that, um, you know, fans started to kind of get into Dorota and i think some fans even kind of saw themselves i mean if anybody they could relate to in the show it was more maybe sometimes more Dorota than anybody else
1: yeah especially
0: older fans
1: so when you were filming those first episodes like you said like it was in a vacuum like you couldn't tell like late in like no one could really tell like you know there was buzz but like you guys couldn't tell like this thing could be huge like the cw like josh schwartz they weren't like hold on to your seats this might be huge and change everyone's life
0: I mean, I think that that was, uh, you know, potential expectation, but that, you know, it's always like weird with TV, the fact that, I mean, you always feel like everything is going to get anything you get. You're like, well, it's probably not even going to get made. Then you're like, well, it's probably going to get canceled. Well, you know, so like, you never really believe anything until it happens. But um, but yeah, there was definitely like a buzz because of the books and all of those, all of the, you know, what I always say, like all the kids, but like, you know, all of the principals, um I, from the show you know Leighton and Blake and Penn and Ed and all these guys you know they were young, very young when it started but they all had been Hollywood kids you know so they all have had these already very storied careers by the time they got to the show so it's like you know they knew what it was like that you know it could have hit or it could not hit <laughs> so it was funny because like I watched everybody make the show in a vacuum and then all of a sudden it came out and it became huge and so for me it was really fun to see these guys sort of finally get this like you know big break into the world of super you know of their work being so recognized and the people just being in love with them it was fun to watch that happen for them you know so I I really like that aspect of it to kind of see it blossom right in front of my eyes you know
1: do you get as stressed out when planning a vacation as I do where to go what to do where to stay I definitely needed some extra help in choosing the perfect spot for my next vacation, and that is why I turned to Apple Vacations. They're great. They're known as America's favorite vacation company for good reason. Just think of them, and this is music to my ears, as your one-stop shop for that next level summer vacation. Apple Vacations will help you plan your entire getaway with confidence from start to finish, We're talking personalized service, exceptional values, and so much more. Plus, you can choose the most gorgeous destinations like Mexico, the Caribbean, Central America, Hawaii, and the continental U.S. Each all-inclusive Apple Vacations package includes round-trip airfare, hotel accommodations, meals, drinks, entertainment, And tips, nonstop transfers are also included at no additional cost at select hotels. So the entire vacation is as seamless as possible. For a limited time, you can use promo code SAND75, that's SAND75, and take $75 off your stay at Live Aqua in Cancun or Punta Cana. Just go to applevacations.com slash BTVR to get the steal of a deal to your favorite live aqua resort today. Again, just go to applevacations.com slash BTVR to get this amazing deal at your favorite live aqua resort today. Yeah. Did you, did you have to read with like... Layton or Margaret Cullen, like, did you have to read with any of them to get her that audition where you mumbled and then that was it? You just. Got the part? <laughs> nope.
0: It was just me alone in a room. And so I didn't, I met Layton on set. I wasn't in the pilot cause they had shot the pilot, like, you know, a long time before. Um, so I was in episode two and I met her on set and she was, you know, she's my fave. I mean, she's such a sweet person and such a smart person and, um, you know, mar- markedly younger than me, but I immediately felt like we had a really good friendship and we hit it off. So from the beginning, I felt very comfortable around her, which is great because we mostly worked together. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but I didn't meet them or, you know, there was no kind of like chemistry test for any of that. So I feel like there was a kind of an alchemy in that show that like certain kind of uh, interpersonal chemistries came to life as the show was happening. And... One interesting thing about Gossip Girl is that if you think about when it was placed in time, it was like that was the beginning of this sort of um, intersection between television and the internet in that particular way. So it was one of these shows where the writers were creating a show and then they were receiving feedback, you know, pretty much in real time from an audience via, you know, fan fiction and all these social medias and you know all these um online outlets were writing reviews and, and um recaps with new york magazine and all the stuff so the show was very much uh in dialogue with its audience so it's like the writers were feeling out what people were liking and then the show was changing and, and kind of growing with the audience's input and so that was kind of new and so i feel like um the chemistry that kind of developed like i think uh Miss Blair and Mr. Chuck is the best example because if you look at the book series, like Chuck is like even the pilot, he's like awful and they, you know, and he has and he's this eccentric weirdo, whatever. But the fact that the on screen chemistry between, you know, those actors and the way that they brought those roles to life, that that was resonating with the audience and they everybody was in love with Mr. Chuck, and then all of a sudden the story really started to pull cool. and then you have team chuck blair becomes this big thing so i feel like the show was talking it was in dialogue with the audience but i think made it feel very special and very personal so people felt like an you know justifiably so like an ownership of this show so i think similarly i think dorota over time developed because people were responding favorably to Dorota and like you know identifying with her or whatever so kind of a cool mixed um
1: yeah I never knew if, like, writers really took that type of stuff. You know, like, even today, like, I didn't know if, like, that type of feedback was ever, like, you know, sure, it's out there, but I didn't know if anyone really right. cared.
0: Yeah, I feel like some shows they do and some, some shows they don't, but that was kind of a trailblazer, I think, in terms of, you know, that they kind of did, and there was, like, a feeling in the air. I mean, also, I mean, not for nothing, but the it was a this brink of like a difference in technology because if you think about even the premise like gossip girl herself being this like pervasive blog, <laughs> like that was new then and like kind of on the precipice of something. And then even in it was our, our season three is when they did like a little mini spin off and they actually did it about Deroda, but they did it as a web series, which was very new then. Like a web series were not produced by anyone other than like people in their, you know, basement. And so verizon like paid to make this little web series and then they made it available for streaming on verizon phones so it was like this new technology of like streaming a web thing um so all of that stuff was kind of you know funny because it was happening right at the beginning of a new way of watching television um totally so it's it's funny how much a time capsule is even when you watch it now it's like the phones are different and that way they realize that the internet is different and it wasn't that long ago you know
1: Totally. So when were you aware that, like you said, like people were writing, when were you aware that like Dorota went from, and was that really what it was? Like, we're not sure you're a fly on the wall to like, wait, you have lines. Wait, like your part, like, when did you know that you were kind of a fan favorite? And like, did that really change? Was it really like you were supposed to have three lines and you, they called you in and said, guess what? Your part is growing.
0: Well, I think that they, the relationship between Dorota and Blair was set up so it was like, you knew, the first time you ever see Dorota and the very first time she appears on screen, it's like Blair is talking about, you know, d- difficulties in her in her life and you don't see who she's talking to and you think for sure she's talking to her mom and then the reveal or the punchline is that you see she's talking to a housekeeper. Yeah. And so- from the very first instant, you have that relationship set up, which allows for growth, obviously, because you're like, oh, well, this is her confidant. It's somebody who's like paid to clean the house or whatever. So I feel like um, it was set up. But I think that like, like most shows, you know, that last more than one season, they, you know, it, you know, the writers didn't have every single step of the way planned out. And so the show had an organic um, structure. And so I feel like yeah, the the part grew in a direction that was favorable to me and fun for me, and the first episode I ever remember that was, like, special for me was, um, it was a Blair had a birthday party, and Cindy Lauper was the guest of honor, and they, like, and Blair is busy with some other stuff, so she basically puts Dorota in front of Cindy Lauper, and she's, like, Dorota's your biggest fan and then like leaves me with Cindy Lauper. And it was the first kind of bigger scene that I had where it was like about Dorota for a minute and I was with Cindy Lauper, which was like so cool. And so I I got to do all this like funny, crazy like fangirling over Cindy Lauper that, you know, was kind of com comedically broad and let me have like a lot of um fun and license to have fun as, as the character. And so I, I think that those kind of moments started coming more and more often. So it's like Dero just suddenly had her own personality, you know, and it was like of some interest. So that was cool. Plus that was like a, such a thrill to be in a scene with Cyndi Lauper, she was amazing. And she like was so complimentary to me and she gave me a little CD of her new CD had come out. She like signed it for me, so it was really
1: <laughs> fun for me. I, I've met Cyndi Lauper, I'm a huge Cindy, I'm just a huge 80s music fan. Were you like a huge right. fan of Cyndi Lauper before this?
0: Yeah, I mean I love I, I remember like when I was a kid we had uh, I had like a record of Cindy Loppers, I got from the library and I was like, ooh you know, so I love Cindy Lauper. Yeah, she's like you know, obviously so huge culturally and changed the world in so many ways. And so I just admire her so being in her presence was like phenomenon.
1: Anyone who listens to this podcast knows that I make decisions based on what is good for me, not everyone else. I live my life unapologetically and authentically as myself. And that is why when it came time to lose weight, the only thing that worked for me was Noom. What I loved about Noom is that they don't label foods good or bad, foods permitted and foods that are never permitted. They take a psychology-based approach and rather than focus on the food, they focus on why we make the choices that we do. Noom has helped me break so many bad habits, particularly with sugar. I love sugar candy, Skittles, Swedish Fish, Starburst, you name it, I love it. Rather than just say those foods weren't allowed, Noom helped me understand why I have these cravings, especially at certain times of the day. And slowly I started to change these habits. I crave sugar less, I shopped better. Noom, I cannot recommend enough. The app is so easy to use. All also, in what I love best is it only takes 10 minutes of your time a day, just 10 minutes. So start building better habits for healthier long-term results. You can sign up for this trial at Noom.com velvet. That's right. By listening to this podcast, you too get to try Noom. You can sign up for your trial at Noom.com velvet. And Noom is N-O o m com slash velvet go there sign up for your trial and let me know how it works out for you guys it's great and it has really helped me what did you love best about playing dorota like what was the best thing about it my
0: i mean honestly like the very best thing was um for me was working with layton because like when we had those scenes with it was like blaring Blair and Dorota together, I feel like um, we just had so much fun and it felt like we were kind of creating a special thing, <laughs> you know, it felt like this kind of little iconic pair. And um, also like Leighton is to me such a, a great on camera actor. Like she has this um, ability, she has like emotional readiness, like her emotions are at the ready in a particular way. She has a great comedic timing and the mix of those things I think is very special and unique. And I actually learned a lot from her because my experience to that point was primarily on stage. And so I had been, you know, I had all the school about acting, but I had not worked in front of the camera at length. And so I learned so much from working with her. So I felt like it was this awesome um, opportunity and always felt super full. And I mean, to me, the, the thing about Dorota, playing Dorota, that was fun was the. Kind of scheming. Like, I liked when Dorota was like uh, on a mission for Miss Blair. So, that when she would do, like, there were times when I get to like put on sunglasses and go like scheming around the school. or Yeah. You know, so those things were really fun because they were like, I mean, it was like very uh, broad com- comedy and moments that I really liked that.
1: Yeah. I mean, the way, <laughs> you know, that Blair would, you know, speak to Dorota you know, she would demand things, but it was comedic, and you could tell that she was teamed up you know, just like your family. You would speak to your family one way, but if anyone else did, you would cut them, so... It was. Right. There was
0: nothing better than those moments when she would like say something like snippy at Dorota or like bossy and Dorota. And it was just like about making faces, you know? So it's like just re- re- reacting as, as Dorota was always so fun. It was like you had unlimited amount of like faces to make and reactions.
1: <laughs> Do you have like a favorite scene or like a scene that sticks out that you just were like, this was so much fun or like scenes?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, um, well, First of all, I mostly was inside the house, you know, so it was like Dorota was mostly in the Waldorf apartment, um, which was on the sound stage in Queens. And then the times I got to go outside or go on location were really fun for me. So we would go see ducks in Central Park. That was the highlight. Um, uh, There were some scenes where we went shopping and I got to like, you know, we were up on Fifth Avenue or Park Avenue and. Uh, Dorota's laden with shopping bags those kind of scenes were always really fun for me just like to take it outdoors um but my most the thing that's most memorable for me is uh, it was in um season three when Dorota got married so Dorota got to be engaged to Vanya the um doorman and then, <laughs> and then had a wedding that Chuck put on in order to try to get Blair back. So it was this huge over the top Russian Polish wedding that we had in one of those crazy wedding venues in Queens. Like they rented out the whole wedding venue and we had so many background actors. So, and we had so it was this huge wedding and there was like ice sculptures. And I got to walk down the aisle on, uh, on the arm of Wally Sean, which is, uh, who plays Cyrus, which is just like yeah. a dream. He's so funny and amazing. And I'm such a fan of his and I can't even believe that I got to do that. Um, So those things were really cool for me. Like, the fact that there was a whole Dorota wedding episode was, like, blew my mind. It's like, can't believe that happened.
1: Right, that's a far cry from, like, you may not have any speaking lines. We're not sure. Right, right, (laughs)
0: exactly. Yeah, exactly.
1: What about, were you, like, floored when you got the web series? You know, like, it was a new genre. Like, it was that. And was that, like, a different type of acting? Probably not, right? Or is that a dumb question?
0: Well, it was basically just, um, it was, like, Dorota's, love life so it was like um it was like Dorota that's where the character of Vanya was introduced so it's like this idea that Dorota has this boyfriend who's a doorman and she's friends with them you know the uh the housekeeper at over at Nate's house and the cook over at Serena's and they're all besties and so there were no, no other characters from Gossip Girl and they were like new characters but they were all from Dorota's world and then it turned out that Dorota was like a royalty in Poland and she had an abusive husband that she had run away from. <laughs> so it was kind of funny. But anyway, the way it panned out, though one thing that for me was so funny was that all of a sudden it was like the same world around the same set, same style, but all of a sudden Dorota was like the ingenue because she was, it was her love story. I've never played an ingenue in my life. So it was like, to me, it was so weird to be not the kind of, um, you know, popping in the character popping in and out you know doing little funny things and then the fact that it was about my love life was like it felt like I was in somebody else's life (laughs) you know which is it was a great experience and it was fun It felt like you know uh living a certain dream for a week when we filmed it
1: yeah no it was (laughs) great I I like watched the little web series right and it was from a different point of view it was from Dorota's point of view which was great Right. What, what about, like you said, like when this became a thing, you know, like, right, like Leighton, Chase, they were all larger than life, like mobbed everywhere they went. Right. Like, how was that? Like, were you, like, did people come to you? You know, like as like the maternal, like did, did Leighton <laughs> come to you? Like, I guess, cause they grew up, like you said, they had Hollywood careers of like, you know, like I would, I don't know. That's like a weird thing to happen overnight.
0: Right, I mean, yeah, nobody really, I mean, you know, I wasn't, I didn't have any words of wisdom or anything on that particular front, but it was interesting to observe because, you know, when we would go on location, it's like they couldn't, like we had multiple bodyguards because we would walk from the trailer to the set and it was just so meant the quantity of young people that were there. It wasn't that any of them were bad or hard to deal. It was just that there were so many of them. So, we would, you know, it's like you couldn't get from point A to point B. And that, was a, that wasn't about me. That was about, you know, Leighton and Blake and all those people. But, you know, a lot of times I'd be walking with Layton, So I could see what it was like and all the paparazzi. And I was like, this is insane. And um, sometimes, though, people would co- try to get through me because they were like, oh, Dorota can get us to Blair. Like, it was like, <laughs> so, you know, I would get all these like people trying to chase me down on the side. Um, you know but it was it was interesting to watch and i feel like you know that certainly is not i mean i think there's fun and not fun parts of that i mean layton is a little more of a shy person so i feel like you know i was, was interested to watch her handle it but the but i feel like you know it's it's great that they're the fans love the show it's literally what makes the show especially in this case you know like <laughs> so everybody was grateful for that um but also you know for those guys, it was like to watch their careers blow up and then them have these other opportunities that they can walk into. Like, that's such a cool outgrowth of that success of that show. But yeah, the, there were some, you know, cuckoo guys and kids that were, they always wanted everything signed. Like, they wanted um, these girls on the Upper East Side, especially when we would shoot. They were, like, from that school that Girl was based on. And they would, like, run over in their uniforms and they would have us sign their iPhones, which I thought was so weird, To like on not on the case but like on the phone itself, like on the back, and I was like, we're ruining these items. (laughs) Like no, you know they always wanted weird stuff, fine bags, you know, like expensive
1: stuff, (laughs) right? And now that has all become about the picture. Like now everyone wants just the picture. What about like you separate from that? You know your in brooklyn or wherever you lived at the time if you didn't live in that particular apartment like you went to the grocery store like did it carry over or no because like you were out of uniform you know like you had a specific costume and look
0: yeah i definitely got recognized and you know but not in huge amounts and i think yeah part of it i think it's funny because i would always get recognized even today i get recognized if i have my hair in a ponytail or my hair pulled back because it's like that look of dorota like if i have my hair down or like normal not as much um but yeah, I got recognized just the right amount. Like for me, the amount of recognized that I ever got was the fun kind, you know, where I'm like, always makes my day because <laughs> it's, you know, just nice to know that people liked my work and like the character. So I never ever had a feeling of being, you know, a mob. So I had, you know, I had a really nice amount of recognition. But what always made me laugh is they, um, the kind of people who would come up to me, like I would be in, um you know, in Manhattan and walking down the street and these like, Dudes who were like in their late 20s or 30s would always stop me. And I always thought it was so weird. And then somebody told me that this one guy was like, Oh, yeah, I watched the show because it helps me like break the ice with women that I'm dating. (laughs) So I guess there was like a lot of reasons for watching the show, or at least a lot of excuses for watching the show.
1: Interesting. A lot
0: of like people who you wouldn't, I mean, you know, I guess the original demographic was meant to be like, you know, young adults, teens, but. Most of the people who approach me are um, older, all the way through middle age, even older. <laughs> and so I like that, you know, that it has a reach.
1: And like mostly straight men that are saying like, this helps me with women.
0: Yeah, a lot of that. Ha- yeah, it always surprised me because I see like these broy guys in like suits and they'd be like, hey, Derolya. <laughs> it's so weird.
1: That is, I would not... <laughs> Right. Like I always say that I am a gay man trapped in a tween girl's body. Like my taste <laughs> as far as scripted TV is whatever a tween girl would love is what I usually flock towards. So. Right, right. But yes, I wouldn't think that a bunch of bro men would be watching Gossip World. So that is really funny.
0: Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Am.
1: How did you come up with Dorota's accent? Like, is it your natural, like just speaking Polish or did you actually need to, you know, come up with a certain accent?
0: Well, like, my my I was born in Poland, so um, both of my parents have had thick accents. My mom passed away a few years ago, but the my dad, I mean, to this day, their whole lives, it never went away. So I grew up with, like, two heavily accented people, um, and I speak Polish, which is great because my parents, like, made me stay on top of that, you know, which I'm so grateful for. Yeah, that's um, great so the accent is kind of my go-to acting accent because I'm, you know, so familiar with it. So I pretty much just go for the Polish, but you know, there's a little bit of a thing with Dorota where like, sometimes I would, I would lean a little bit toward the funnier choices than the, I wasn't always so concerned about making it exactly uh, phonetically perfect with all the sound shifts of Polish dialect. I was more interested in the funny choices or the more, quirky one, So in a way, she's, her accent is modeled more after my mom because my mom has a little more kind of personality in the way that she spoke English. Um, and there were a couple scenes where I got to speak Polish, which was really exciting. And then they kind of let me um, translate them myself. So there was like a couple of moments where Dorota goes off in Polish. And so I worked on those a lot because I wanted them to be like perfect because I wanted the audience in Poland, which they're, you know, they show the show in Poland I wanted them to be proud of their, you know, Polish person. Yeah. And I always, like, cared about it, you know.
1: <laughs> Did you hear from a lot of people, like, in Poland, like, once the show was out of, like, we're huge Dorota fans?
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's, like, I've been to Poland, you know, in recent years. And uh, that was always weird when people in Poland would stop me. Because I was, like, you know, but the, and I've been on Polish, the coolest thing, like, I was on a Polish TV show. it's like, Polish Good Morning America equivalent. Um, which is cool because then, you know, my relatives and friends in Poland get to see me, you know, and it kind of feel special. Like I have this uh, career that reaches into the <laughs> internationally, which is, you know, kind of fun.
1: Totally. What about, I mean, I know most of your scenes were with Leighton, but what about Blake Lively? Like, what was she like back in the day? Oh my gosh.
0: She, Blake is, first of all, she's so funny and like so, she always just had the, um, uh, she uh, she would always just tell me like these anecdotes about her life, and I was always just so obsessed with her because she's such you know this amazing um beautiful creature, and then she would tell me all these like funny regular things that would happen to her um but I always say about Blake is that she's so striking um like I used to be in hair and makeup, and she would come in you know from the you know five o'clock in the morning like off the van, and she's that crazy striking like in her. Um, you know, roll out of bed state. It's like nuts. Like I've never met a person who's so kind of glorious, (laughs) physically glorious. And so the fact that she has like a fun, funny personality and it's so grounded, easy to talk to is a phenomenon. Um, So yeah, I never, I didn't work with her as much as Leighton, but I always loved working with her too. And, and similar to Leighton and in different ways, uh, I feel like I learned a lot from her. She has also a very storied career for a person so young. Um, so to watch her create that role of Serena and to watch her she's such an incredible camera presence and the, the way she kind of um is master of that is interesting to to watch and I feel like I learned a lot from her um I really you know I really liked everybody um but my I feel like my fave as far as just like uh, I was was like oh was um Uh, Chase (laughs) because he's such a cutie and he's so funny and he was always so sweet to me and you know there were um, times when we went to uh, you know we went to like uh, parties for the show you know like uh, cast you know holiday parties whatever it was and then there would be like an after party and he would always like um, whenever he was talking he always felt so cool because all the girls were trying to talk to him and I was like I'm talking to Chase right now um, so he was always okay. A kick, kick. And you know, and uh, Ed Wesley, too, is somebody who uh, because Chuck has such an edge to him, you don't expect it. But Ed was always so sweet and so welcoming to fans and people who would come to set to visit. So he was always, I always really admired that about him. And also he's he and I were the two people that when we would work together we're both working in accents that are not our own so it was kind of funny because I was like we both always had to take a millisecond to prepare before the scene more than everybody else so I really admire his acting especially because he created that character if you think about Chuck Bass as a character he's so incredibly um unusual eccentric complicated and Ed really just like you know he created that, not from scratch, but he really, really made the detail and made that character come to life. And so, I think he made, he is it's a huge feat in the fact that he his personal charisma translated across the screen and became he became this heartthrob for all these girls. And the show became about you know him in a lot of ways. is really remarkable. So I really like all of them. And so Penn is Penn too.
1: <laughs> we like Penn, too, right? But out of all of them, you Chase was kind of your favorite well, he was just
0: my like yeah he was like my savy guy because he was like so, <laughs> so cute um but I really yeah and Penn I was like could have a conversation with Penny so to me he was very much like Dan because he's like so smart and well-read and like you know he has, he can talk about anything um I mean now that you're now that we're talking about this like I really like I can go down the list of every single person like Margaret Collin and Wally Sean like those scenes where I worked with them which was a lot like those guys um I admire their work so much on stage and like Wally, Sean's uh, writing, his essays, his plays, like the fact that he's this crazy genius and then here he is in this world and he's also as committed to playing the role of Cyrus as he is to, you know, writing these incredible plays that are being put on in the public. Like he's, he, to me, he's like a, such an amazing creature and he's the best storyteller and like weirdo you ever met. So <laughs> I just love those guys.
1: and. What about Kelly Rutherford? Yeah, I was <laughs> gonna ask you about because I can't remember if you had any scenes with Kelly Rutherford. I'm a huge fan. I might have had Melrose. a little bit, but
0: I've always was always like, I feel like we didn't work together a lot, but I definitely talked to her a lot and spent a lot of time with her on set. She's one of the people I'm still in touch with um, today, and she's just like, yeah, she's amazing, and like she she's one of those um, actors that, yeah, she like she just it can inhabit a character in such a way that she becomes um, memorable and her, yeah, her charisma on camera is amazing. I think that actually that's why she and Blake, even though they don't, you know, they don't look exactly look alike or anything, but they really read as mom and daughter because they both have that kind of magical thing where they can transcend them the camera and they just like, you know, feel their presence. Um, so, yeah, I just could talk about for hours about everybody. Cause um, no, it was a really good group of of people, and then a good group of actors too. And to watch how everybody approach their work in slightly different ways, I just found it really fascinating.
1: I love Mason Kelly Rutherford. If you've never yeah. watched the entire series of Melrose Place, and you're you talk about being going back and rewatching The Sopranos, treat yourself to Melrose Place. that right. Yeah, I should because I haven't watched that in in a while. So I <laughs> just go back. It's a good one. What about any like fun or shocking like Blake Lively stories from the set?
0: No, I don't have any shocking ones, but I really liked when uh, when she started dating um, Ryan Reynolds and he came to the set um, and he, I met him like, at like six o'clock in the morning this is a dumb story but i met him at like six o'clock in the morning at the craft table and she was like this is Zuzana Zorota and he was like hi nice to meet you and you know my name is a little weird so it's like you know Zuzana with z's and i talked to him for like a second and he was very smiley and friendly and then i saw him like 10 hours later so i guess he had hung out all day and were dressing room or whatever when I was leaving, he was like, good night, Zuzanna. And I remember thinking, oh my God, he really gets the celebrity gold medal because not only did he like listen when she introduced him to me, but he like remembered my name. So he's like one of those magical people that makes you feel so special. I feel like he's probably the, maybe the nicest celebrity in the world. (laughs) Um, But yeah, they're, I mean, they're so cute. And like, I'm so glad that they have this like, you know, life with all these wonderful kids now and stuff. (laughs) You know that's that's always what makes me laugh too is that she is you know so it's such a glamorous person but uh, like her favorite thing is like being a mom and like baking stuff and I mean she was like that even when she was young so it's like you know you never had the feeling you were hanging out with a kind of scandalous Hollywood person it just well <laughs> she was some just like a like more of a sweetheart um Yes, yeah, so I don't really have any, I, I, I feel like people always ask me for like juicy stories and I really don't have anything juicy. Um, I just have like uh, stories where I fawn all over, but even, <laughs> it's like true, you know?
1: What about like when Ryan was there that day? A, was everyone on set like, oh my God, holy shit, that's Ryan Reynolds?
0: I probably, I mean, I, you know, like I feel like on set people always act so cool. So it's like, you know. Nobody ever does anything, like, outright. But I feel like, yeah, when she was dating him and, um, uh, you yeah, know, when he would come around, it felt, to me, very exciting that he was, like, in the present, in the building. Um, so, yeah, that, I'm could sure you, people were thrilled.
1: And could you tell, like, you know, sometimes you could just tell, like, with chemistry watching people, like, okay, that's real. Like, this is gonna, you know, these two are in love, like, or it just wasn't, you know, or could you tell, like, right away just from their interactions?
0: I mean, I don't know either one of them very well, like, uh, especially not him, but the, but to me, that seems immediately like the cutest pairing because they both have that, there's that kind of positive smileiness that's like, the you can't fake or whatever, that like he's the king of. And that I feel like that's like, that's like her, that's her match. It makes sense to me that they, they're like sunshine people, <laughs> like, kind of opposite of how I am in my normal. Uh, demeanor so I feel like they uh, it just makes sense like you know two kind of like Adonis looking people who are very um, you know positive about life
1: (laughs) and gorgeous all
0: and gorgeous I mean yeah so it seemed like immediately like wow that's that's a good pairing to me definitely yeah I mean I feel like that um, that's magic in the making.
1: Are Are you shocked? I mean, I guess, I don't know, like, you know, you're in the business, I'm in the business. Like, are you ever just shocked at like, you know, just how it all works? Like, it's the same Blake Lively that, you know, she's a human being. You know, you worked with her. She's an actress, like a professional, like any other job. And now, like in the world's eyes, like just, you know, she has been elevated larger than life. Not that that's a bad thing. It's just, it's, isn't right. is that ever weird? Like, it's weird to me sometimes. Like, you know, we're, we're all humans. Just yeah, no, it's definitely culture. very
0: weird. Yeah, I think it's super weird. And I mean, I, I mean, Gossip Girl is one thing. And those guys, you know, because they, you know, were, I don't know exactly how old they all were, but like, you know, early 20s, basically just like turn into their 20s and that started so that kind of, like, when they are famous, then it's, like, they are the, like, heart throbs of the world, like, they are those people, and, yeah, so it's interesting to me to know that, like, you know, to, you have to see how people think about them versus how regular they are, how, how, you know, just human they are, and how actually inside of that, too, it's, like, this idea of being an artist, like, I feel like people are, like, well, that's, that's um Serena but like really it's a, an actor who creates this role and so I always look at it in both ways I mean just a regular human and then also an artist who's good at what they do and then all of those things get wrapped up into this like idea of this uh you know iconic untouchable person so that whole process is weird I mean to me I like my best friend in the world since I've been since I was uh, in high school is Andrew Rannells who does a lot of broadway stuff and then a lot of tv now and yeah. so just being best friends with him so i'm always his plus one to stuff so even more than gossip girl i feel like just having been at the tonys with him and all this stuff where i just go with his date or his you know plus one i feel like i've been around so many huge celebrities uh, now that i have this like funny thing where like it doesn't like it's it's hard for it to resonate in me as like a Like, I've kind of lost that edge of being like, holy shit, that's not, you know, but at the same time, I'm like fascinated by the process because I'm like, these people all know each other, (laughs) which that is what weirds me out the most. I'm like, in the world of celebrity, like, it doesn't matter if you're a country music singer and you're running into a, you know, CNN journalist, but that somehow you know each other and you say hello in this particular way. So I just love that, observing that world. Um, Yeah, so to me, that's interesting. And then. you know that there are places like certain restaurants or bars or parties where like they all go and I'm like oh if the public could get in here and be like they're all in this one room <laughs> and it kind of is like that but it makes sense to me because I guess you know they get treated a certain way by the outside world so then they have something in common in a really strong way and they can feel themselves in a room with other celebrities you know and you're
1: like I guess right. that makes sense but yeah, I always kinda... just
0: find the whole idea fascinating I'm like what's going on
1: yeah, no, that makes sense to me too. And like, you know, the person next to you doesn't really want like a picture, you know, I mean, it's still a hierarchy and all that, but like right, right, you're right. just like left alone and you're with your right. equals and no one really wants anything from you. That makes sense. Well, you know, yeah. So, I mean, you Sopranos and then Cindy Lauper starstruck. Now you've just, you don't have it in you anymore, which is fine. Like you're not, is there anyone <laughs> that like, is there anyone that like, if they walked in right now, you know, because I don't really, I used to get really starstruck, and now, just because of what I do with this, I'm just like, all right, I have a different perspective, but there's one or two people that I would probably pass out if I met.
0: Right, well, I was, um, I actually got to be, my friend Andrew's date to the Tony Awards, I guess it was, like, two years ago now, and uh, we were in the green room, and Catherine O'Hara was talking to us, and I was, like, very, I was, like, that was, like, living in a weird dream of my mind. I was, like, Whoa, she was like talking to me, including me in the conversation. I was like, Oh my god. So like that was crazy. Um weirdly, the celebrity that made me the most have a the biggest physical reaction, and it doesn't even make sense because it's not like I'm this is my most favorite celebrity or anything, but was um Sarah Jessica Parker. (laughs) Like I went my gossip girl shot on the stage right next door to the Sex in the City movie. And um, I was at the crafty table and um, the their AD invited me to come over and watch them shoot a scene because I, I knew her and so I went over there and Sarah Jessica Parker started talking to me and my knees were knocking like I was like literally like my body was reacting like and I was like this is so weird because maybe it's because she's such an like icon to me in terms of that show and so, and she was also so nice that it was insane. I was like, how is she so nice as so the person talking to me, asking me questions. But I was like, so nervous that I was like, you know, like shaking. So that was funny. And then I guess the only other one that really blew my mind was my, uh, I'm lucky because my, uh, one of my close friends is a publicist. Um, and so she used to invite me to a lot of red carpet events that I had no business being. I mean, that I wouldn't have been otherwise invited to. Um, and I went to the premiere of um, uh, HBO movie that um, Oprah was in. And so being in the room with Oprah, that was like that was like being in the room with like some kind of deity or something. So I was like, I just wanted to get close enough to see what she looked like in person and how you know how tall she was and stuff. That was like. I feel like the, she's at that kind of status where it blows your mind <laughs> to be present
1: with her. Could you feel like, you know, because sometimes when it's someone at that level, like you could feel yeah. like the hushness or something, like, it, was it like that?
0: Yeah, there was a lot of, we weren't going to get very close to her. That was a big difference. I feel like certain celebrities, you, know, you can tell how, you know, how uh, in demand they are how much they have to protect themselves you know so even though it was an industry party she was still in a separate nook um i did a play one time with um this play called love Loss, and what i wore which is a play written by nora efron and her sister delia efron um so it has a rotating cast and so it's like they like to have a celebrity cast basically and it was open for like years so by the time i was in it you know i i was a celebrity enough to be in it at that point but anyways um I was in it with Lala Anthony, who is um, at the time was on that show Basketball Wives or something. Yeah. And so her husband was Carmelo Anthony, this like, iconic, huge basketball player, which is something I know nothing about. But he, of all the celebrities I've ever met, like he came to this opening night party of this show, which was a tiny show in the um, West Side Theater in, in New York City, which is a small venue. And we had these like little opening night parties, but they were, you know, family and friends. It wasn't huge. And he came to the party with like four bodyguards. And he they had him stationed in like a separate area of the restaurant. And it was so funny because the minute he got there, he was like embarrassed about it. Because I guess he didn't, he, I was like, oh, you're on like off Broadway now. Nobody even knows who you are because you're basketball. Like not one person in this whole room has ever seen a basketball game. And right. it was interesting because it took him a minute to realize, oh, I'm in a place where I'm not, like my wife is a bigger celebrity than I am. and. So he was able to kind of like come out of his nook, but it was funny to see because that guy, he was, I don't know how old he was, but he's like in his twenties or something at the time. And he could not live his life because of how his celebrity. And so to see him have that moment where he could like come out and just talk to like a person, you know, it was interesting. Cause like, that's not because he thinks he's hot shit. That's because the world attacks him in this particular way that he has to, you know, protect himself. Yeah. So, I feel like the idea of celebrity is so fascinating,
1: and me too. I, mean, I find it so fascinating,
0: and it is. I mean, I I like to look at you know, I get like People magazine and stuff like that. So it's like I I feel like I've had a little bit of a peek behind the curtain, but at the same time, I'm still interested in that stuff. It's you know, it's fascinating because it's just human nature. I think. Like I mean, I I was just talking to my friend. I have a kind of a theory about. Um, actors, which is that in, I feel like in Great Britain, they kind of figured it out because like they have an entire um, industry that's built for celebrity, which is the royal family, right? So it's like they have a, they have a, a place where you're like, these are our celebrities, like let's just like stalk them and make them feel crazy. We'll put all our celebrity angst on this one group of people And then their actors get to be a little bit left alone. You know what I mean? Like they get to be kind of considered artists more, you know, like they're not, you know, you don't, it doesn't seem like as crazy of a culture as it is here where we want so much from actors, like they become so important to us because they're one, you know, great, um, uh, you know, beacon of celebrity. So (laughs) I feel like we have our system a little weird, like we need a royal family or something. I mean, we kind of had the Kardashians, but...
1: (laughs) they're the closest thing I think we have to a royal family. <laughs> right.
0: yeah. Which
1: I never thought of it like that in Britain, but you're right, that is kind of how it is. Do you- Yeah, do and I don't
0: feel sorry for the queen because you're like, well, it's kind of your job is just to be the biggest celebrity in <laughs> England,
1: you know? Totally. What about, speaking of endings of shows, like, were you happy with the way Gossip Girl ended? Like, Chuck and Blair end up together. Were you happy with the ending?
0: Um, I was happy with the ending. I mean, everybody who asks me anything about Gossip Girl nowadays is like, did you think Dorota was Gossip Girl? Like, everybody always thinks, like, because it was Dan, or, you know, not Dan, lonely boy, whatever. (laughs) So the fact that it was him everybody's like that doesn't make sense and it should have been dorota or it should have been this person you know so i do think that that's kind of funny because they had to just like pull something out and be like somebody has to be got control. and at first i thought maybe it was dorota cuz like we didn't know <coughs> we were filming that episode like redacted like it was they were giving us sides that were all blacked out so like <laughs> until the day that we walked on set we didn't know who it was um so i kind of thought it would be dorota a little bit but then i'm glad it wasn't because i feel like the ultimate uh, most important thing about Dorota to me is that she truly loved Blair and watched out for Blair. So if she had been gossip girl, there was too much cruelty. I mean, that would make her this like back two-faced, which I wouldn't like because I feel like she maintained her integrity. (laughs) Um, So I feel like the gossip girl ending was kind of funny. I do. I'm glad that Chuck and Blair ended up together. I I feel like Serena and Dan got married. I can't remember now, but I remember that there was that wedding at the very end. It was like a super
1: wedding. Yeah, that was was, Serena and Dan.
0: I always feel so melancholy about all TV show endings, uh, whether I'm in them or not. So, you know, I was like, oh, so sad.
1: (laughs) So you were actually, in a way, happy that Dorota was not Gossip Girl?
0: Yeah, I think so, because I feel like it would have meant she was, like, too cruel to Blair. That wouldn't
1: have sat right with me. Mm -hmm. Were people like you, like Blake, Layton, was like Everett Chase, was everyone shocked that it was Dan? Like, when you guys found out? I think
0: everyone was surprised, yeah. Because like, I remember we were sitting around shooting that, one of those scenes where it was at the end where everybody finds out in the show, and we kind of all found out as actors that day. And so we were really trying to make sense of it. We were like, well, Dan, hmm, okay. You know, because it's one of those things you try, like, retroactively trying to make it make sense is a little complicated, (laughs) but... do yeah, you surprising.
1: yeah i mean it, i was i was surprised do you watch any of like did you watch you with Penn, like single parents with Leighton? like do you watch any of the <clears throat> tv shows
0: yes i do actually um i i love you i think it's this is the most fun show so i mean totally I'm with
1: that one I'm it's great
0: sure. Yeah, and he's so good in it. He's such a good actor he's so good at that in that character. I mean, it's just awesome. So I love that show. I yeah, I like single parents. I mean Leighton is great and everything. We just were watching some kind of uh old like sort of um slasher type movie <laughs> recently and she was in it as like, like a teen, like a preteen. Interesting. And like, oh, no, there's Leighton. But um yeah, I watch uh um Leighton do stuff and in fact like when we were still in Gossip Girl, um, she was on Broadway for the first time. She was—it was her first really time on stage, and she, when she kind of decided she wanted to do that, like we would, you know, talk about it and work on stuff like uh, in the in her dressing room at Gossip Girl because, you know, I just said that was more my world I had come from. So I remember she was in Of Mice and Men on Broadway. And I went to see with uh, my friend Amanda Seton, who was also in Gossip Girl. Um, We went to see her on opening night. And it was like, I've almost never been so nervous in my life because I I knew when her entrance was coming. And I was like, oh, and then she came out and just nailed it, like killed that part. Uh, It was such a beautiful moment to see somebody like take their... uh, you know, take this world of acting and like open their horizon into a kind of a new um, genre in their work and just nail it. It was so good. And so I was, it was so exciting to see her do that. And just, and I mean, plus her as a musician, she's incredible. And I'm in that, I don't know as much about music, but I do, um, I do know she's good. So I <laughs> try to be a good friend, a good cheerleader.
1: She had her music. Yes. Do you keep in touch with any of them? Like... I think you mentioned you spoke to like Kelly Rutherford recently. Like, do you came in touch with like Layton or Pat or any of the kids?
0: Yes, yeah, so I'm in touch with Leighton, and I see her when I go to LA. Um, so she, yeah, which is which is great, and she has her little family and is doing great. And um, yeah, and I uh, I talked to Kelly, and I see Kelly sometimes in the New York world. And I've run into Penn. actually. I ran into him not that long ago, um, and yeah, he's. he's at ten, like, you know? <laughs> but I don't, you know, I don't see a lot of people a lot. Um, but when I do, it's fun to have that like blast in the past.
1: You is good, yeah. You is the third season. It's they're doing a third season, so it's coming back. It's such a good yeah, show. Yeah, that's very
0: exciting. Um, no, I love that show, and I just worked with them. I just did an episode of, I guess I'm not supposed to say, but an episode of a Amazon show that <laughs> um, uh, is going to be uh, coming up pretty soon. Um, with two actors who were in You. So it was cool because we got to talk about that show and see if there's anything coming down the pike. But um,
1: We had Amber Childers on our show here. Oh, She's yeah. yeah. She's good.
0: So, yeah. Did you ever... Um,
1: yeah, go on.
0: I don't know. Oh, uh, you know who else I see a lot actually because who? of the New York theater scene is Caroline Lagerfeld. She played Cece, so uh, Serena's grandma. Yeah. Um, and she's like a, such a um, legendary actress, especially in the downtown theater scene. And She just did a play uh, with like a two-hander in a, in, a, in a small theater downtown before, you know, all this pandemic. Um, she was incredible that, so I got to go see her do that. So yeah, she's great.
1: Where do you think, I mean, Dorota and Chuck and Blair are today? I mean, you know, is Dorota working for Blair now that, you know, there's probably children <laughs> involved? Like, where are they today?
0: I feel like Dorota would always work for Blair in some way or another. So even if Blair and Chuck had their own house, I don't know that Dorota would house keep it, but I feel like she would house manage or run the schedule. <laughs> so yeah, I feel like it's one of those relationships. Like, you know, that show... um, uh, oh man, I forgot to call it. With that guy Jeff, who's a um, house designer and he's like really neurotic. Um,
1: flipping out. Uh, oh, yes. Flipping
0: out, right, right.
1: We've it's had like many that. a person from flipping out on our show here.
0: Yes. Yeah, so it's like, what's her name? Um, Zoila, <laughs> like on um, flipping out, where it's like, even if she's not even if Dorota's is not going to be doing so much heavy lifting anymore, I feel like she will be in some capacity employed or connected to that family forever. So that's what I hope for her.
1: <laughs> I could see Dorota, like the Zoila of Blair's life, <laughs> right. you know, just resting. wing yeah.
0: Bossing around another housekeeper. Yeah.
1: I could see that. What about, do you watch? Cause you've, I mean, now you've, you've, I didn't expect this. You name checked flipping out. You name checked the Kardashians. <laughs> like, do you watch a lot of reality TV?
0: I love reality TV. My boyfriend, like, it's so mad because, like, I'm just, uh, if I'm left on my own devices, he always says, I like to listen to stuff where, like, women are just, like, screaming at each other, but I love all the housewife franchise. Watch The Bachelor, all that stuff. my, My favorite are, like, competition shows, like, you know, Top Chef, and I love British Bake Off. I've just been, I just watched three seasons of The Great Pottery Throwdown on HBO Max in, like, three days. Um, wow. So especially, so if I'm left to my own devices for my own like uh, guilty pleasure, comfort television, it's often reality TV, like 90 day fiance. Day is another one I like. Um, so I definitely get into that stuff. Um, yeah. It's something about that.
1: Uh, I love it. All.
0: And humanity, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: It is. I mean, you know, say what you want about the Kardashians. I could watch it all day, every day. And it's how many years later? So we can't knock at people. Right. there's Something is going right. right. What about speaking of where all these people are going to be? Are you waiting for your phone to ring by Josh Schwartz now that we have a reboot on its way?
0: <laughs> well, I don't, you know, this iteration of the show is, I guess, how many years later than now? Ten, ten from the time it started. So it's like as if. You just went to that high school today and so you see the new crew so it's like all new everybody which totally makes sense because it's like a different world but i'm so curious to see actually that stuff you we were talking about with the technology and totally stuff, it's like such a huge um shift for them in terms of like what kind of a presence this, like how would gossip girl look today which is exactly what they're tackling. So I can't wait to see how they come up with, you know, what they come up with. So it's obviously a whole new crew. I've seen the pictures; they're also cute, and I've seen them on the Met steps, and you know. So I'm excited to see. I'm of course I'm here. So if you wanna if they wanna call on me to sweep through and clean a house? <laughs> no, I think um, I, I don't um, have any insider or info about the show. But I mean, I assume that the we're with similar sort of. Archetypes, so uh, there has to be some kind of a dorota esque person in this new iteration. You know, some sort of a sidekick, confidant, nanny-esque person. So I'm curious to see who that will be. Um, I think so
1: too.
0: But you know, who knows? Maybe there'll be some sort of opportunity for showing my face. You know, I like I, you know that that show when we filmed it. Um, you know, the original, I watched it like you know a lot of actors don't watch themselves on television and so i always watched it because well i I like to see what i'm doing but also i like really like the show i think it was i was into it i was a fan of it and so i'm also excited to see what this new iteration is going to look like and uh, those guys are such a you know obviously huge part of my career um and I really admire the way that they make television, so I can't wait to see. And I was, you know, I'm the biggest cheerleader of Gossip Girl Reboot, so (laughs) I can't wait.
1: I am gonna be watching it too. I didn't realize you were gonna be watching it. I cannot wait to watch it as we wrap up i mean in i agree like i think the whole reason it's going to work is like the whole technology and like is it going to be an instagram account like we have tiktok yeah, it's going to be it's going to be something well like do you know the instagram account like do do do, Ma, do you know that it's like it's a fa- mm-hmm. it's it's not really like Gossip girl it's kind of like it, it's a it's like an anonymous person that nobody knows who it is technically and they just talk about like celebrity gossip
0: oh interesting i'll 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 send you the link something like that
1: yeah right that's what i think it's going to be like i think it's going to be some instagram account that's like breaking things and who is behind it i don't know but i mean just the technology in general it's going to be so interesting just from that point of view right As we wrap up, why do you think, like, I know we had the books and all of that, but like, why do you think the show just worked? Because like you said, there's so many shows that are cast with huge names that just should work and work on paper and just don't. And when they hit, like, why, why was this like magic for the time that it was?
0: (laughs) Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not sure, but I feel like there's something to do with the combination of uh, the right idea at the right moment. So the idea of this sort of internet overlord, <laughs> right at that time and when we were changing the way that we communicate and connect to each other. So I think that's part of it. But I think more importantly, it, it was a matter of personal, like uh, performances and chemistry in, in between actors. So I feel like, you know, just the Chuck Blair relationship alone made that show pop off. And then, but I actually think that Gossip Girl hit that perfect note of soapy, you know, fun um, uh, drama. You want to see what happens next week. You want to see what happens to your favorite couple or whatever. So it had that soapy thing, but it also had this tongue-in-cheek kind of um, uh, like mature wit about it, having to do with the city, this kind of society, the high society. Um, It had that sensibility like a bunch of like um smart new yorkers kind of wrote this story about this little bubble in the city that exists and is real so i think that the the kind of humor that went along with that just the way that the episodes were titled each one like a parody of a um a film title so I feel like there was so much detail and yeah. all of that detail came together to create this thing that was just really juicy and watchable and uh, I, I think there's something to be said also for aesthetics like that show was beautiful there was so much just fashion on display the flower arrangements alone like it just was infinitely watchable because you're like this is a crazy fantasy world and it's full of like salacious like drama that we all have you know can be hooked into so i feel like between the wit the aesthetic and the drama the soapy drama it became this kind of like magical concoction that people you know got into and there's also something special about it that uh I feel like it felt like a discovery, uh, people felt a little bit of a personal connection to the show. It wasn't this like huge, you know, network machine. It felt like a show that you kind of discovered and then had as your own. So uh, that's true. at least that's what I feel from like the fan communities and just the way people responded to it. So it had almost like a little, like in a way it felt like a cult hit, even though it was relatively popular.
1: <laughs> yeah. Did you ever watch New York City Prep, the reality show? Yes, Um,
0: I did. I did watch that show, and I um, I met uh, what's that guy named Sebastian?
1: Yeah, no, there there was a there there was a pace there was like a JP or PCS
0: something like that. Well, I met one of the PC
1: PC PC.
0: Yeah, that's the one I met. I met him. Um, I was with someone who was had a teenager. And that teenager had like was going to a party with this guy or something, and we watched him pull up in this like crazy like um, Lamborghini or one of those kind of cars that you're like that the doors go up like the sides that flip up like Batman doors. Yeah. And he like like screeched in, his tires screeched in, and he like picked up this girl. (laughs) It was crazy because I was like, I was like, oh my god, that's a real person. (laughs) But yeah, that show was funny.
1: It was a good show. Yeah. Anything else you want to cover here today? I always have my own agenda. I like to give people a chance at the end to discuss anything they want. I really appreciate this. First of all, I speak to a lot of people. I don't necessarily watch every show, but like Gossip Girl to me is literally like, if we go to scripted TV, one of my absolute favorites of all time. So I appreciate this.
0: Well, thank you. I appreciate it too. And it's fun to talk about. It's like, you know, for me being a part of it, being a part of this show, was fun for me for many reasons, and the fact that this show indoors and people watch it, and there's like a new generation of people interested in it, is kind of special. Because I feel like, yeah, now that some time has passed, I'm like, I feel like I was part of a really like a, a specific moment, cultural moment that will always be held dear. <laughs> so I really like it.
1: That's um, true. Yeah, I
0: don't, I don't know what else I have to say. I just think, um, you know, I just hope that, I think there's a lot of. Uh, you know, good content that's going to come out of all these new streaming platforms, you know, like HBO Max, like with the new Gossip Girl. So coming out of this pandemic, I know that like, I've already worked on a couple of projects and I'm, uh, I'm just beginning work on a third one, which I'm very excited about, which is uh, kind of a, a big one, but I can't say yet what it is, but the um, but I'm, you know, so there is, filming production is happening which is very exciting so i feel like we have a lot of really good tv in store for us coming up
1: Um, but you know
0: i'm very scared about theater and about all my friends in that world i've done a lot of theater downtown especially like off-broadway stuff there's companies that i've worked with like there's a company called club sum and bedlam those are two that i work with a lot and you know we make fun adventurous plays and you know, it's a great outlet for me and I think a huge part of the New York scene and all of that stuff is just in a stand and I'm scared that it's going to die and go away, so I'm really hoping that I know. you know, I'm hoping that the those institutions are supported and can pull through. That's, my, that's what's on my mind all the time but, you know, I'm lucky that I have this um, these opportunities on camera and I wouldn't have any of them, I don't think, if I hadn't had the Gossip Girl chance, so it will forever be my big uh my my career moment that i'm most grateful for because it definitely allowed for other for all things and, yeah
1: well you can't talk about it now i get it but you know what <laughs> guess what i'm not going anywhere so when yeah. these things come out that you can talk about and you're in another okay. show i'm sure i'll be obsessed with it because i watch pretty much yeah. everything well, I do. This,
0: this one's gonna be exciting okay so.
1: well and then we'll you can come back, you can talk
0: come back. To about it if it, and I'll pay extra attention to any juicy stuff that happens.
1: <laughs> Seriously. Listen, I, I'm like, it's not all about the salacious stuff, you know, like, you know, it's nice. I promise next time we'll talk about all the current stuff. We don't have to go back and talk about gossip girl again, but I. No, it's my pleasure. Appreciate Always. this. Where can everyone find you online that would like to follow you? Um,
0: well, I'm on Instagram mostly. So it's Zuzana Wanda. So D-U-Z-A-N-N-A-W-A-N-D-A. Same, same handle on Twitter, but I
1: always forget to tweet. So, I get Instagram. You and me both. <laughs> I'm. I get myself like a D minus, a D on Twitter, and like an A plus right. on Instagram. So I say the yeah, same thing. this
0: is where
1: it's at. Kind of. All right. I will follow you on Insta. I think I already do, but I'll DM you just so we can keep in touch. You'll come back on, and I really, really, really right. do appreciate this. This was amazing.
0: Thank you so much. I appreciate it too. And um, yeah, I look forward to talking to you again. Thank
1: you. Have a good day. Okay. You too. Bye. Bye